Hello, and a warm welcome to the Maven People Change Podcast. This is the place to find thoughtful and heartfelt conversations about leadership and organisation development. Each episode is created with our listeners in mind, so if you have a suggestion for a topic you'd like to hear us talk about, please do get in touch with us. Maven are thought leaders in the area of leadership and organisation development and have a wealth of experience in this area. We have a thriving community and we offer regular free events. You can find out more details via our website, maven.co.uk. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please do leave us a review on your favourite platform to help us grow our audience. Thanks so much for being here and we hope you enjoy listening. In today's episode, I speak to Tony Nichols about working on relationships and working in relationships in the workplace, the difference between the two and how they can coexist. In our conversation, we touch on leadership versus management, power listening to truth and the use of self as an instrument, as well as, of course, why Maven sees relationships as the key to everything we do. I've got Tony Nichols back again um, to talk about another part of the book because there's so much in your book I think there's such you know there's different chapters on different parts of organizational life and one um, section you talk about is is relationships in the workplace and different types of relationships Um, and I know that someone on one of our programs recently had read the book and spoke to you about it Mm. um, and had some questions and so you thought it would be quite good to um to delve a little bit de- deeper and give a bit more context to, to what you've written in the book. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was a good conversation. Emma was uh, a recent graduate of one of our advanced practitioner programmes in organisation design and development. And she read the book and um, she offered some really good constructive critique, actually. Um, so, uh, you know, that, that made me reflect on what I'd written. And I guess you talk about the different chapters. Um, relationships really is a thread throughout the book. It really is foundational to the thinking that I think is that I've written about and is foundational I think to the way that Maven approaches change and developing capability if we take a step back a little bit you know why relationships in organizations well I guess if we accept the premise that organizations are effectively nothing more than groups of individuals coming together to work together towards some common goal then it isn't a stretch of the imagination to say, well, the effectiveness of those organisations will be dependent upon the strength of their relationships. Mm. I think it's sort of common sense for us all, really. Um, If people are getting on well and they're working well together because of the strength of their relationships, then hopefully the the organisation will achieve its goals um, well. Now, of course, it requires design. It requires processes, requires tools and products and stuff. Of course, it requires all those things. But in essence... An organization lives or dies by the strengths of its relationships. Um, so hence relationships. <clears throat> what I do in the book is talk about the difference between classical and contemporary thinking in change. So classical thinking is the sort of training that managers get that's predicated on sort of 70, 80 years worth of um, thinking since um, the Industrial Revolution, longer than 80 years, of course it is. But basically a type of relationship that I think we are focused on as managers more than anything else is what I call working on relationships. That's on type relationships that need to influence. So if I want you to do something for me, the idea is that I influence you to my way of thinking so that you 
then want to do that. Mm-hmm. And that can be done in a nice way. It can be done in an engaging way. But at the end of the day, the basic premise is I have knowledge. I have the right way of doing things. And what I need to do is influence you to my way of thinking such that you then go, OK, yeah, that's good. I'll go away and do that. Um, and it's not necessarily a delegation thing. It could be a managing upwards type thing. So, you know, as a senior manager myself, most of the meetings I found myself in, <clears throat> I'd find myself in a meeting with somebody more junior than me, very capable, um, but nevertheless, who were trying to influence me to make a decision based on the information they had in front of them. And the assumption there was that they had the answer and then needed to influence me to their way of thinking. And often um, I found myself challenging that by saying, well, actually, I've got a different idea or I've heard something else. Or do we have the, 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 the complete amount of data in the room here to make that decision? Are you right? Is the, is the question that would often be in my mind. So influencing and on type relationships are I think the, the, the main way of thinking around how people develop their relationships in organisations. And as I say, that can be done nicely. It doesn't have to be command and control. It doesn't have to be nasty. It could be done nicely. The alternative I put forward in the book is um, in-type relationships. So the opportunity for us to work in relationship with each other, which means that I would go into a conversation with anybody uh, more junior level peer, somebody more senior than me, with an open mind to what an outcome of that conversation might be. And the actual focus of my attention partly would be what's the strength of our relationship? Uh, how well are we getting on with each other? How well do we know each other? How well are we attuned to what's going on in the room with each other as a pair or a group? Um, have we checked in with each other? Do we do we know what's distracting us? Do we do we have a clear sense of what we do know, but also perhaps more importantly, what we don't know, where the absence of data is, such that we can then move together to inquire into whatever it is that we're grappling with or we want to look for an opportunity with and come up with something that maybe is different to what any of us might have first thought and that we might have brought into the room to try and influence each other about. So there's a there's a difference, clear difference in my mind between on type relationships where I believe I have the answer and I need to influence you versus in type relationships where I go in with a completely open mind about what might happen. I've got a perspective. I've got biases. I've got a few. But you will have yours. And and, and I recognize that and I respect that. And I leave the floor open for us to have a really good conversation about that. And something magic might happen in terms of what comes out of that conversation and the decision that might be made. And I always found those kind of conversations far more fruitful and innovative and creative where that kind of openness was there. Mm. Okay, nice. So the question I think was Emma said, Mm. because I think for the sake of the book, you sort of separated them and explained, you know, there's on and there's in. Mm. And she was like, but but can't they both happen at the same time? Right. Yeah. I think that's where you said slimp a little bit for the book in terms of to 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 separate yeah, the concepts. Yeah. Mm. But you're saying, you know, how they how they both show up in organizational life mm. is that you will probably go between the two. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. I, I think what I recognized from Emma's uh, critique was that the the separation of the two types of relationship was done 
not for effect, but you know, to, to emphasize the two, to, to help the readers explore what they look like, to recognize them in their own practice, to recognize when they currently have on-type relationships where they feel they need to influence or, be, or are being influenced, to notice what that feels like, but also to recognize when they may already be having those kind of relationships where they've got more, they're in relationship and there's more an open, the more collaborative, more exploratory, more inquiring type uh, nature to it, and when that might be appropriate. Um, so as a deliberate splitting of those two things, similar in the way to the way in the book I split leadership and management. You know, at the beginning of the book, I talk about leadership being the only place that people go for answers these days, when actually um, most of the real work, I guess, in terms of delivery and decision making is a management task, in my opinion. And the focus on leadership over the last 20, 30 years or so has, has left management practice, I think, falling behind. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to really split that out and say, let's focus on management and talk about management practice. And at the end of the book, I do sort of bring them back together. I say, of course, in the real world, we're all leader managers and um, there are aspects of our roles that uh, imperceptibly at times cover both. You know, I, I need to be both leader and manager at the same time in conversations with people in terms of how that how that operates. You know, no matter what your definition of leadership and management, I think they show up at the same time. And I think it's similar with in type and on type relationships. Split them out in the book for emphasis so that we can explore each and reflect on our practice as to which one do I use the most? Where's my preference? What's my bias towards? And I guess what I'm recognising that towards the end of the book, I don't necessarily bring them back together again to say, well, actually, in the real world, of course, there are times when I feel I do need to influence somebody um, because the, the evidence of data is that there's something we need to do about this, you know, some, some leadership challenge or a management challenge. There's, a, there's an answer. And I think I've got it because of, you know, the information I have to hand and the conversations I have with lots of other people, I now need to go and influence this senior stakeholder or group of people for that way of thinking. And at the same time, the way that I might influence them will be to develop an in-type relationship with them, to see how I can help us both inquire into what it is we have to do, such that the answer I think I've got that's right can be adapted for their particular context. So their particular context is, if it's an individual, effectively is, is their way of thinking and, and the way they do their work. Everything that they might need to adopt uh, as practice needs to be made sense of by them. So there's something about me creating a space for them to make sense of what I'm suggesting to them so that they can take it on board and recognize it and start to develop in their own practice. So there's something about how those the need to influence and the need to, or the possibility of a more inquiring approach, both come together in the real world mm. at the real time, at the same time. Yeah, it's interesting. So I, as you were talking, I was sort of thinking that you're saying about that kind of influencing up. Mm -hmm. And I guess what I was kind of thinking as you were speaking is I, I guess that might occur when there isn't an in relationship between the the leader who mm. might be that kind of on high mm. figure and so you know the, the the people on the shop floor might have the data and they want to tell the leader you know mm. this is what you need to know to, mm. to 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 make your business more efficient more successful and if they're not in relationship then they would have to do that kind of influencing and think well how am I going to pitch it to them how am I going to convince mm. them how how can I you know get this across them yeah so I guess in the absence of an 
in type relationship than you would have to work on yeah i think so and and that's the challenge i think so you know i think maven we've we've written about this james has written about this in terms of um power listening to truth mm. that's that's that challenge of of um it's interesting that because essentially what that what that phrase suggests is that the truth sits with somebody you you mentioned the word shop floor it may sit with the shop floor the people who are doing the work and what it says is you need to speak up and tell the, the powers the powers that be the truth and that's a very difficult thing because of politics and mm. you know, the, the risks that that brings to your job and to exposure and all that kind of stuff so you know we, we sort of flipped it on our head and and the writing that was done within maven was to say well what about uh, power listening to truth rather than speaking truth to power what about power listening to truth so the idea was that in that case how does the powerful develop a relationship with those that without power such that they can have a, a meaningful conversation mm. and those that without power feel confident enough to speak the truth to the power that for me is a classic in type relationship waiting to waiting to happen and all of the industrial troubles we see in the world and that you know we're seeing in the uk at the moment mm. are very much about there there is just isn't an in type relationship it's it's all influencing it's all on type relationships and and there's this clash so i think the opportunity to influence upwards is not just about it's not just beholden on the the more junior person to then influence upwards the person who's more senior needs to be open to an in type relationship such that it invites that person in because they have the power and they have the authority and they i think have a responsibility i'll use the word as a leader to create the space where managers can come into their environment and their context and feel comfortable to start to feel like they can influence but also feel like they can inquire together in that space so yeah very much a a, a collaborative process of of developing relationships whereby power is recognized and noted that it's there but it doesn't become a blocker to good collaborative creative conversations and that comes you know full circle back to you know you're saying separating leadership and management because mm. and and that's kind of you know, your a lot of your point around the sort of focusing on management more mm. now because of this you know being mm. in relationship and, and and noticing and and having that kind of open ear to hear mm. what people have to say and i think that was kind of one of your key differentiators between mm. you know leaders and managers and why yeah. you why you split the two for mm-hmm. the sake of the book as well yeah i think an example comes to mind is you know so i i work within maven for a small organization um as well as being a consultant i'm also um a manager within the organization and i bring a lot of corporate experience that a small organization could usefully uh, look at in, as it grows to put in good governance and look at their processes and become more efficient as they grow and ensure that salaries don't aren't created and things like that and and you know over the few years i've worked with maven what i've noticed is that um when i slip into on relationship mode as in i try to influence and i say what we need to be doing is i think this process would be useful we need to think about this quite often it's 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 a challenging conversation quite often my ideas are well quite frankly rejected and that's okay and then i notice that when i i approach those conversations in a more in relationship type moment so when when i uh, hopefully create a situation where we we've got more of a sense of 
exploration and inquiry together about what the challenges are within the growing organization and what the opportunities are. And we come to these same conclusions together. And then my suggestions for how we might uh, solve some problems or introduce governance, et cetera, land much more softly and are taken up much more readily. So for me, there's a real evidence that this is still, you know, late in my career, still a thing I wrestle with. Am I, am I trying to influence and work on relationship or I'm, am I trying to uh, explore together in relationship with my colleagues such that we both create something that's useful and right for, for this particular context within which we find ourselves? Because, of course, this context isn't just me. It's all of us. It's all, you know, the 14 people that work within Maven and our wider community. That is the context within which I'm trying to influence. I'm trying to bring something which was created in a completely different context. So I need to I need I need help from my colleagues to figure out how what I'm bringing and suggesting needs to adapt to this new context. So, so there, bring, that's a good example for me. Yeah. So to bring that to life to people to kind of I don't know, try and give examples, I guess. If you're working on relationship, that might be you might gather everyone in a room and do a PowerPoint presentation and mm. present to them. Or you might send a, a long email. of This is how I think it should be done. Mm. I'm trying to think of an example. I don't know. Mm that we need to recruit for a new role or we need a different sales funnel model yeah. or something like that, a new way of doing things. Um, and I guess if you were to do that in a more in-relationship way, that would be more saying, can we have a chat about this thing and sitting down together mm. in a collaborative, exploratory kind of way yeah. rather than that kind of pitching, I have the answer, this is the answer, yeah. kind of sitting down and exploring it together and, and yeah. really being ready to hear the other side. So not going in with that, like you say, that kind of idea of I'm going to influence you. I've got the right answer. And this meeting is about me convincing you of my opinion mm. more. Like I think you said before, you know, being really ready to, to be challenged and to accept that you might not have it all right. But you, together you might find an answer. Yeah, I think I think you and I have recognized a good example recently. So you came along to one of our Exco meetings and presented your ideas in, on your plan and your progress to date on our new website. Mm. And I think what we recognised that that 15 minutes was a very successful interjection with the Exco, and you got sign-off and you got agreement and lots of nodding heads and very few questions and challenges and, and just a couple of ideas. But I think we talked afterwards and we recognised that that was sort of 18 months in the making. Mm. You didn't come along into that meeting wanting to influence you came along effectively with a summary of all of the in-type relationships and conversations you'd had over the past eight two months developing relationships with key stakeholders in the business throwing around ideas and asking for their opinions playing with the ideas getting to re a really good sense of the context within which you're working and the, the clients that we're working with getting to understand what we do and how we do it developing our trust gaining our trust all of that work is in-type relationship work, which led to a very sort of easy, okay, here's what I'm doing. This is where we're up to. This is where we're going. And, you know, senior stakeholders around the table going, yep, yeah, great. Want to do it. Yeah. So that for me, it was a great example, you know, of the work that you've done leading up to that to develop those in-type relationships. Yeah. And again, it comes back to that. Another thing we talk about in Maven quite often is that people have this idea of change being the, the big, dramatic, bold. Mm here's a new diagram this yeah. let's mix everything up and more that changes those kind of gradual mm. small tiny changes usually to do with relationships yeah 
and that's and think, how you sustain it. Yeah, and I think we recognised, didn't we, that that her, you know, the change, as in going from current website to new website, is going to be a significant change in look and feel for Maven's brand. Mm. And there's risk involved in that. You know, that, that carries risk. It carries opportunity, but it also carries risk. And I think you and I recognised that in that 15-minute conversation, we 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 recognised just how much change had already occurred in terms of the mindsets and willingness to to make the leap to something that's going to look and feel quite different. Mm. When, when we first muted it, we got a lot of ooh, nervousness around the table in terms of, well, you know, we took a lot to put this website together and we've worked very hard on the brand and we've worked very hard on what we say and, you know, a lot of work in that and, we're, you know, been a successful organization not just off the back of that but it, you know it's our wind shop window mm-hmm. and we're now here where they're going yep let's get on with this so i think you know change happens gradually through those many many opportunities to develop relationships and common understanding of context uh, with with your your stakeholder group mm-hmm. and i think that's underestimated in terms of how much work goes into that how much time it takes and the continuous nature of that yeah. That isn't that doesn't a once and done thing. You will need to continuously revisit those relationships as we move down this project to, you know, launch a new website in middle of the year, etc. It's mm. a continuous process, and that I talk about that in the book. This is not a once and you know influencing of any kind is not a once and done thing. Um, being in relationship requires constant attention because contexts shift, people's moods change. Um, something happens that challenges their assessment of somebody else. They hear a rumor. All those things that real human things happen mm. that mean we've constantly got to be checking in with each other. Mm. And I dedicate a whole chapter to checking in and noticing. I dedicate another chapter noticing. Noticing checking in is a hugely important aspect of our practice. That means that we're continuously asking ourselves a question: What kind of a relationship do I have with this person right now? in this conversation today and let's not take it for granted that because i've known you for 20 years it's all going to be okay mm. just need to keep checking in yeah okay mm. is there anything else you want to add i don't think so i think that you know i think the main thing is uh, you know thanks to emma for the critique if i you know was going to rewrite the book i would probably add a couple of paragraphs <laughs> about how they both show up much more together than we think you know yeah. sometimes we do need to influence and be on relationship and sometimes, you know, we've got the opportunity to be in relationship. And it's all, I think it's a major part of management's jobs to think about relationship much more than they do. Mm. Each time they're in relationship with somebody, find themselves in a room with someone or in a, you know, a virtual environment. What kind of relationship do we have and how's it going? And should we be checking in on that? Because that's critical to how effective we're going to be in our working relationships. Mm. That's it. Okay. Thank okay, you. Great. Thanks, Tony. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening to us today and we hope to see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye.